I thought love was only true in fairy tales. Meant for someone else, but not for me. But love was out to get me. That's the way it seems. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. But then I saw his face. Now I'm a believer. Not a trace. Down in my mind, I'm in love. I'm a believer, I couldn't leave them if I tried. Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to Sub Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I'm stoked to review the amazing 2001 animated film, Shrek. This instant classic features Mike Myers as Shrek, Eddie Murphy as Donkey, Cameron Diaz as Princess Fiona, and John Lithgow as Lord Forquad can't say that word. This movie came out when I was about 10 years old and I thought it was so funny. But now that I'm older, I'm excited to review this movie because it had a lot of adult humor that went way over my head back in the early Mm -hmm. 2000s. Reviewing Shrek, however, was not my idea, but the idea of the special guests who are joining me today. I want to give a big sub media reviews welcome to my lovely guests, Aaron and Jesse, the co-hosts of the super cool podcast, The Cage Queens. Say hi, ladies. Hi, and thanks for calling us super cool. We don't hear that very often. <laughs> don't hear that much. <laughs> yes, of course. And I'm Erin, so and we're the Cage Queens. And that's how we usually start off every episode. It was kind of an idea that we had when we moved away from each other. So we've been friends for like, I don't know, almost 10 years now. And when we moved away from each other, we're like, oh, sh- shoot, sorry, I was going to start swearing, but shoot. <laughs> We're probably not going to talk very often unless we have a reason. So we kind of came up with the idea to rewatch every single Nicolas Cage work of art, film, media. And we've been going chronological order from the very beginning. And we're about 69 episodes in as of this recording. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yes. Where can they find your podcast? Cage Queens podcast on Instagram. We also have a Patreon, which is not frequented, so you you don't have to include that one. But we're definitely on Instagram and on every podcast platform. Fantastic. If you're listening, you should definitely check out their podcast. I was actually recently featured on an episode of the Cage Queens where we reviewed the 2011 film Outcast, and I had a great time discussing how bad the movie was. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a theme. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I'm really excited to have them here with me. Fun fact, Aaron and Jesse are the first guests on Sub Media Reviews who are not related to me. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm coming up in the world. It's so fun. 
So as always, here are some fun facts about the movie. The principal actors in Shrek actually never met each other. They all read their parts separately with the reader feeding them the lines. John Lithgow later admitted that while he enjoyed playing Lord Farquaad, he was a little disappointed that he never actually worked directly with Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, or Eddie Murphy. Do you all think that's weird? I mean, it's I think it's pretty fairly standard for like an animated movie, but I mean... They also usually do like a table read. So you'd think that at some point they would have all been together to read the parts and go over the comedy. But apparently they didn't. So a little weird. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little strange considering how the characters all seem to just work together just fine. I mean, it was probably hard to get those four people in the room at the same time anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, probably. No, it's kind of relatable right now too. Because like, I feel like in work, I have so many people that like, I never ever meet in person, but I talk to, you know, like via Zoom or Teams. And so it's like nowadays that something is so common, like back then that was like so unheard of. So I feel like it was a definitely an unusual circumstance. And I would also be disappointed if I didn't get to meet any of the stars. I mean, not to say he wasn't a star, but, you know, any of these big names that I would got to collaborate with. Because that, I mean, is an yeah. opportunity of a lifetime. So Absolutely. Why not? So in the second fun fact, Chris Farley was originally cast as Shrek and even recorded almost all of the dialogue. However, after his death, which was in 1997, which... I don't know why that struck me as a little bit weird when the movie came out in 2001. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense that someone would be cast that early, I guess. But after his death, the role was given to fellow Saturday Night Live performer Mike Myers. Mike Myers originally voiced Shrek with his natural speaking voice before the film was test screened. Then he tried a Canadian accent for Shrek. However, after viewing a rough cut of the film, he felt that something was missing from his performance and re-recorded all of his lines with the Scottish accent based on the voice his mother used when reading him bedtime stories as a child. The original voice can be heard in the technical goofs on the DVD. The decision to revoice Shrek in a Scottish accent ended up costing an additional $4 million as it took him 20 sessions to complete the re-voiceover. It can also be stated that Shrek's accent is similar to the one that Mike Myers uses for his character, Fat Bastard, in the Austin <laughs> Power series. Yeah. <laughs> this is his first voice performance in an animated film. So, we gotta make a shameless <laughs> plug for our boy, Nick. Because <laughs> one interesting fact that we learned about this movie was that Nick was also in line to be the voice of Shrek, but he turned it down because... Apparently, he's like, oh, kids will view you a certain Mm -hmm. way if you're portrayed as an ogre. And so that's like, you know, his statement of what he wanted it to make it seem like the reason why. But we all know it's (laughs) because he's vain and he didn't want to be viewed as, you know, a Mm. big, ugly ogre. So, yeah, I think it's best that he wasn't because if you have ever watched a Nicolas Cage film, he is the worst (laughs) at accents and (laughs) Shrek's Scottish accent is so like, I don't know, it makes Mm. Shrek who he is. And so if Nick would have done it, wouldn't have been able to carry that. So glad Mike Myers is the voice of Shrek because it's definitely, you know, the best outcome. Yeah. And Mike really made the movie what it is now. So Nick was choice number one, and then he turned it down. They went to Chris Farley, who recorded a lot of it, like 80% and died. So when Mike came in, he wanted to rework the whole thing and basically start from scratch. So who knows what the movie would have even been like if Nick had done it or Chris had done it because the script was basically reworked and the accent added like a whole new layer 
you know, to the movie, not to make any references or anything so early on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's $4 million well spent in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the last fun fact is that Shrek has actually received his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how does a character get a star on the Walk of Fame? <laughs> I don't know. We just love him so much that it says a lot about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, does Mickey Mouse or, like, does any other, like, iconic, like, character have a star on the Walk of Fame? Let's see. I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah. yeah, I would say Mickey Mouse sounds like definitely right. one that would be out there. <laughs> The only other competitor. Oh, there's a number of them. According oh. to Wikipedia, Alvin and the Chickmucks, Big Bird, Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck, Kermit, Godzilla. What? Oh. <laughs> Pee-wee, okay. Pee-wee Herman. Mouse, not, wait, not Paul Rubens, but Pee-wee Herman? <laughs> yes, because Pee-wee Herman is not problematic. <laughs> True. <laughs> the Munchkins, the Muppets, Winnie the Pooh, Rugrats, Shrek, The Simpsons, Snoopy, Snow White, Tinkerbell, oh. and Woody Woodpecker. Way more than I thought. Yes. Okay, apparently <laughs> I didn't get that much. <laughs> really interesting. Tinkerbell? I feel like that's yeah. just unnecessary, but whatever. It doesn't take away from the fact that Shrek is the <laughs> brightest star out of all the animated like, characters. I'm into Rugrats. Like, <laughs> that was like... Uh, yeah yeah they were also in that same like era of shrek i feel like they were very i don't know they were just prime growing up a prime mm-hmm. piece like they had movies mm-hmm. they had a tv show like they yeah. had everything so yeah, so i'm into it apparently there are a lot of i don't want to say a lot there's also actors who have their names inscribed with the star Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger, and then there's also live action animals. Lassie, Ren Tin Tin, and Strongheart. Don't know who Strongheart is. I don't either. 1960. So, Mm-mm. and <laughs> there are corporate entities as well, Disneyland, which kind of <laughs> makes sense. But the second one is hilarious the Chevrolet Suburban. <laughs> that, what? How? Huh? How? How? I don't know. I have no idea. That's pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to check out Shrek, you can watch it on Peacock Premium as of the recording of this episode. So this is the point where we talk about our personal connections to this film. Erin, you can go first. Can you share what you love about this first Shrek movie? I have a lot of memories of watching it when I was younger, right when it first came out. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters. I know I saw like Shrek 2 in theaters. I remember that. But we watched it a lot and we had rehearsed a lot of like the jokes and the scenes and we'd reenact them at home because we didn't have the movie right away. So I memorized like the Duloc song when I was a kid. I mean, like I was a really big fan. I also, for some reason, remember having a karaoke CD. I never owned a karaoke machine, but I had the karaoke CD for some reason. So I don't know. I was just a real big fan growing up. I, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> nice. Well, what about you, Jesse? Why are you so into Shrek? I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those nostalgic movies that it's core to growing up in this era of the 2000s. And this was a movie that I owned on VHS. And I remember it was always my favorite one to put into the tape player. But I also remember being such a huge Mm. fan of the soundtrack, specifically the (laughs) Smash Mouth songs in the beginning and the end, the I'm a Believer and um, All Star. 
And yes, they were just like, I knew all the words and they were just my hype songs. <laughs> I just love them so much. And it was pretty devastating to hear that Steve Harwell, the singer of Smash Mouth, recently passed away. Because that, again, kind of, you know, it tugs at the heartstrings because, again, just their connection to this movie and the soundtracks that they made really kind of like, again, contributed to mm-hmm. how great this film was. So, yeah, when we found out the news, the, the tears, you know, started coming. And they <laughs> coming. That's actually really good. I'm... <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. So, <laughs> for me, my personal connection, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I thought the movie was really hilarious. I think it's cool how they centered a creature that we rarely get to see in mm-hmm. movies. Ogres, I mean, like, I don't know if I can really think of another story that even really talks about ogres, let alone centers them in the story. It featured an all-star cast. It had a really good soundtrack. There was a decent twist on the classic happily ever after fairy tale. Mm -hmm. So they kind of turned that on its head, which was cool. And I feel like it masterfully toes the line between being appropriate for children and adults. So it's one of those movies that like... When you're watching it with your parents, like they are enjoying it as much as you are, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool because I've sat through things that I unenthusiastically watched with my parents and I'm sure (laughs) they've sat through stuff that was like, oh, this is for kids. So it was nice to actually have like a movie that we really shared in common. The star of this movie for me is Eddie Murphy. His voice acting is so good. The last time that I remember hearing his voice was in Mulan when Mm. he played Mushu. And it was so nice to hear his voice again. And his comedy still carries through. And just his voice is just so funny. And it actually took me a few years to figure out how a talking donkey fits into this movie. Because I was like, what? fairy tale has a talking donkey in it but it's actually a reference from a story in the bible in the book of numbers Hmm. so i thought that was really interesting that they worked in a biblical character without us really knowing about it like yeah i thought that was neat i saw i mean imdb had a lot of trivia like i don't know how true all of it was and i didn't Mm -hmm. get through all of it because there was just so much but i also i saw that it possibly could have been a reference to the donkeys from Pinocchio from the boys that get turned into donkeys. That actually is an interesting take. That's possible. Yeah, but I mean, it was never confirmed or stated anywhere. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Also, this movie is the first time I heard the song Hallelujah. And that was really impactful to me. Like, I love that song. It's a beautiful uh, the song. animation. Yes, the animation is actually kind of top tier, I think, for 2001. I don't know how to describe the animation. There are certain times where it actually looks real, which is a little bit freaky. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it's also like really cool. And I feel like the rewatchability of this movie is really like off the charts. It's just super funny and all around a great film. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we're all excited to share our perspectives on this movie. So let's chat. Okay, so it's the opening scene, and we hear the voice of Shrek reading a fairy tale. It's a story of a princess who was cursed by a witch, and the curse could only be broken by true love's first kiss. She gets locked away in a castle in the highest room in the tallest tower, guarded by a dragon awaiting true love's first kiss. But it turns out the storybook is actually toilet paper for Shrek, who exits his outhouse to Smash Mouth's All-Star. Such a great song. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Just Shrek is a large green ogre with a dad bod and skinny little legs. <laughs> what do you all think about Shrek's design? Like what he looks like? 
Like, he looks like a giant green booger. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah. the character yes. was like, okay. <laughs> I never put that together, but yes. Yeah, yeah very oh. much. Yes. His head is so big. Like, his head is freaking huge. And he has ears that look like spoons. His outfit is trash. I hate his outfit. The little vest? Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yes. like, made of bark. It looks like, like, it's so bad. Yes, it's horrible. But in a series of scenes, we get to see his swamp and his life. He lives, like, a solitary existence. He showers in mud. He catches fish by farting in the water. He hunts for slugs. He <laughs> paints beware ogre signs in his spare time. What do you all think about Shrek's life? I think it's kind of cool. It's almost like a disgusting retiree mm-hmm. <laughs> that went off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would do the same just with a little less like farting and burping, but yeah. Yeah, try to be yes. a little less gross. I think it's his diet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously, it's his diet that makes it seem so gross. But like, other than that, I mean, he has this mm-hmm. nice cabin in the woods. He's a outdoorsman. Like, he likes his alone time. And he's just happy living his, you know, best life the way that he knows how to. And so, you know, if a bunch of people came and started interrupting my norm of my day, I would also be like, you know what? Not cool. So, yeah, as soon as the villagers show up to, you know, come and hunt him down, you know, he has a point in making them be fearful of him because it's like, Mm -hmm. don't bug me, bro. I'm not bugging you. Yeah. I love the whole, like, I'm doing my thing. I don't bother anyone. Like, that type of vibe. I actually, I mean, like you said, goals. (laughs) Like, I'm into it. (laughs) I'm into his lifestyle. So, yeah, that's when the angry mob, as you mentioned before, of human men grab their pitchforks and torches to come and kill or capture Mm -hmm. Shrek under the impression that they want to capture him. But, I mean, he is an ogre that will grind your bones for its bread, (laughs) according to those men. Just totally not the right Mm -hmm. lore. But Shrek outsmarts them and surprises them from behind. And he tells more of these kind of like stereotypical tales of what an ogre will do to them. And the men are just so afraid. He's towering over them. I don't think I realized the size difference between Shrek and like an average Mm. man at the time, but he is literally towering over them. How tall do you think Shrek is? Ooh, like eight two. You think he's eight? I'd say he's probably like seven to eight feet yeah do you think that's yeah i was just about to ask if that was a real thing shrek's height (laughs) eight feet weight is 450 pounds well i didn't know they were gonna tackle weight on there but (laughs) (laughs) yikes yeah he definitely skipped leg day but that's okay (laughs) okay shrek to get rid of these this angry mob of men roars at him them in like this horrific way. This is where I'm talking about like the animation is really good, but it's disgusting. Like yeah. when he roars at them, there's like saliva and like you get all up in his face and his teeth. And I'm like, ew, gross. Yeah. And so he scares the men off. And one of the men drops a sign that reads wanted fairy tale creatures reward. So this is the first time I'm putting together that they may have been there to capture him to get the reward. I thought they were just being mean mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> at first, but that actually makes sense. Yeah, I never saw that detail in the past, but I did notice it when we were watching it this time around. And I was like, oh, that's why. I thought I was like, do mobs just regularly gather to try to hunt him down? But yeah, it did make that connection for me too, which, yeah, unsuccessful. Yeah, you know, 
Shrek just wants to be left alone. Like, I feel that. So yeah, next up, we see a bunch of fairy tale creatures being rounded up. We see the seven dwarfs, a witch, the three bears, you know, Mama, Papa, and Baby Bear. We see Pinocchio. People are literally handing over fairy tale creatures for money. So an older woman <laughs> says that she has a talking donkey, and that's worth 10 shillings if she can prove it. The question is, the person who's accepting the fairy tale creatures, what is the standard for how much money people get for turning in <laughs> these creatures? Maybe What's like the exchange rate. Yeah, maybe there's like a base fee for just a talking animal. And then if you get like one of the seven dwarves or something like that, you get a premium fee. You know, maybe there's a group rate if you get all of them. Who knows? But I think it's hilarious that Donkey ever had he was worth anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. If they're magical, maybe there's like a little little premium on top of that as well. Who knows? I thought that was just a little weird. <laughs> but Donkey, smartly for once, is quiet. And the lady has to like move his mouth and use him as a puppet to kind of pretend that he can talk. So the guards or the knights are carrying the lady away because she's trying to trick them. She kicks this fairy that someone is holding and it lands on Donkey and Donkey starts to levitate or like float away. And then he opens his mouth to talk in Eddie Murphy's voice and they're all shocked that he actually can talk. So Donkey's magic wears out really quickly. He falls to the ground and they chase him. And they chase him into the woods and he runs into Shrek. And when the guards catch up and try to arrest Shrek and Donkey, the guards are just, they don't want the smoke. They, like, they don't want it with Shrek and they all run off. And now Donkey kind of has like a savior. And this begins the most annoying friendship in history. <laughs> Yeah. Especially from a person who wants to live like an isolated life. Yeah, I really felt for Shrek here. It's just like a little <laughs> tag along that you really don't want following you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Donkey was just gushing over Shrek. Like, again, like he's like, oh, this is my hero. And so he's like, you know, he wants to be his best friend and Shrek is just not here for it. But he also doesn't understand why Donkey isn't scared of him like everybody else. And so, you know, although he's annoyed by it, like he's just kind of like, he accepts it eventually. Yes. Because yes. he tries that roar trick on Donkey. And Donkey's like, you can use a Tic Tac, but like, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really interesting start to a friendship. So, Donkey kind of follows Shrek because he basically kind of needs his protection a little bit. And I'm realizing that this story, as I was rewatching it, has a lot to do with like isolation and driving people away because of insecurities or stigmas or. Things like that. So you can actually see that Shrek isn't used to people sticking around mm -hmm. because of the stigma that goes with being an ogre. And it turns out neither of them have friends. Donkey, I can understand why he doesn't have <laughs> friends. But, but Shrek, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Donkey is singing and talking and will not shut up. Like, yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> Okay, we get to Shrek's house and Donkey insults Shrek's home. <laughs> that was actually very funny to me. It's like, oh, who lives here? <laughs> and Shrek is like, this is my home. And he's like, oh, look at that boulder. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like there are a couple of like lines that have always stuck out to me as a kid. And I specifically remember that nice boulder line. I don't yes. know why. <laughs> yes, me too. Yes. So Donkey is just really talkative. He's not very self-aware at all. He's like, oh, do you know when you want you know, people to get out of here and then they don't want to leave. And then there's an awkward silence, you know, <laughs> he's just, 
have you all actually interacted with people like Donkey? Oh, yeah. People who are not self-aware whatsoever, and you're trying to, like, exit the conversation or dodge them or whatever, and they're just not taking the hint. 100%. I've been around those people before. I think it's particularly bad when, like, in dating. (laughs) (laughs) If someone's interested in you and they're like this, it's the worst. Yeah. I would agree, especially when you're not interested in them, if it's that kind of relationship. Ugh. Uh, yeah yeah i ran into some donkeys like that (laughs) (laughs) so donkey basically begs shrek to stay with him and shrek is like you can stay here for one night so donkey has to sleep outside and he was pretty sad about that and i was a little sad too yeah my favorite line from that little interaction is when donkey thinks he's going to get comfortable in shrek's house and says he's going to make waffles for some reason when i was a kid that cracked me up for whatever reason yes yes i feel like it's the way he says waffles. Yeah. Like, i'm making waffles <laughs> so excited he's, he's just, just so excited about it i mean it's waffles uh <laughs> yeah. yes but as we saw by shrek's dinner doesn't really eat waffles it's like no. eyeballs and worms and like all the grossest things you can imagine yes but the way he looks when he's enjoying it oh, he looks so at peace <laughs> yes like, I wish I had that piece uh, <laughs> when I'm enjoying a meal. So it's later that night and Shrek is enjoying, like we were talking about, a nasty looking meal. And we see he kind of low-key feels bad for leaving Donkey outside, but he pushes past it and enjoys what he probably thinks is like a delicious three-course meal with a little eyeball martini. And suddenly there's some movement and sound in the house. And at first Shrek thinks it's Donkey, but Donkey's outside. So we see the three blind mice in the house. <laughs> then we see Snow White and the seven dwarfs that knock his dinner off the table. And then we see the big bad wolf who's in Shrek's bed. Or it's the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know if it's supposed to be both. If that's the same it's, wolf. It's the same wolf, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not really sure. Eh, so, maybe. Now that I'm yeah. second guessing it, I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the same wolf. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's, he's always with the three little pigs, but then he's also dressed up as a grandma. A grandma. Right. Like right. the little red riding hood. So I don't know. It's confusing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the same wolf in this timeline, but not, probably not yes. what we're used to. Well, Shrek goes outside of his house to see tons of fairy tale creatures setting up camp. They have homes, tents, food lines set up. I don't know how he didn't hear all this stuff going on outside. (laughs) But when Shrek makes himself known, the other creatures are scared and like don't really listen to him. They lock him outside of his house. (laughs) And we learned that someone named Lord Farquaad evicted the fairy tale creatures and dumped them in Shrek's swamp. Now, I was an adult when I realized what Lord Farquaad's name really meant. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually not a word that I hear used very often, even in its original form. But it's hilarious. One of those little adult Easter eggs. Are we allowed to say it on the podcast? I mean, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case somebody doesn't put it together, it's supposed to be like fuckwad, you know, an adult joke. Which, yeah, a little. (laughs) When we were kids, we did call each other that. The house that I lived in, we we swore a lot, you know, behind the parents' backs. So Yeah, I've never caught that until I was adult but like when i was watching this movie and they would say words like damn and ass i was like, <laughs> like you're swearing <laughs> yes yeah it's like a departure from the very disney no cursing mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so that's like another way that this feels unique okay so when shrek asks if anyone knows where to find this lord farquaad donkey is pretty much the only person who speaks up to 
Shrek's chagrin. And that means that Shrek and Donkey are on another whirlwind adventure together. And they're going to get Shrek's property rights back. <laughs> so the fairy tale creatures are actually pleased to hear that Shrek is there to get their homes back. So Donkey Hum's on the road again. And we get to meet Lord Farquaad. So we see him walking. And we find out that he's short AF. Mm -hmm. He obviously has short man syndrome. Aaron and Jesse, do you believe that Napoleon complexes are real? Ooh. I believe that in, like, just media and society, we have learned to only like tall people and kind of, you know, degrade shorter people. So I feel like that's kind of a fault of society. Truly, that short people feel like they need to be powerful and tall and respected. So, yes, somewhat true. Uh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> yes, myself, I am quite short. I'm five, one and a half. And when it comes to like the dating world, people are obsessed with height. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Like, there are short women who won't date men who are under six feet. And I'm it's like, wild. girl, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Because the average height for a man is, I think, like five seven, five seven mm -hmm. and a half. Mm -hmm. And tall men don't live as long. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a perk or not. But <laughs> seeing him be this short and be in this position of power, it does feel like he's compensating for something. Yes. Which is, you know, <laughs> what Shrek alludes to later on. But yeah, we see him for the first time and someone who works for Lord Farquaad, who we later learn his name is Thelonious, which is a really interesting name, but he's menacingly pouring a glass of milk, which I didn't know was possible. <laughs> and when Lord Farquaad enters the room, Thelonious is torturing the gingerbread man by dunking his head into a glass of milk. The gingerbread man's legs are ripped off and Lord Farquaad like crushes one in his hands. It sounds like he's trying to get information out of the gingerbread <laughs> man on where the rest of the fairy tale trash is. And when he threatens the gumdrop button, yeah. <laughs> that's another line for me mm -hmm. not the gumdrop buttons yeah. <laughs> he starts to weave this tale about the muffin man which <laughs> is silly yeah. she's married to the muffin man the muffin man the muffin man yes I love that little scene but they get interrupted because a delivery has arrived and it's a special mirror it's the magic mirror from Snow White and Lord Farquaad wants to know from the mirror is his the best kingdom of them all and the mirror is like well you're not a king and he's like Thelonious <laughs> and Thelonious punches out like a little hand mirror to he's really into torture he's like super into torture and the magic mirror afraid for his glass is basically saying like you're not a king yet because you haven't married a princess so he does this kind of what's the name of the show where you pair people up newly not newlywed it's the match game the no. dating game I think is like the old is that the name of it the old one where there's one contestant and then three potential bachelorettes or bachelors i can't i think it goes both ways yeah and they basically can't see them that's well in the typical dating game they can't see the potentials but they get to ask them questions and they get to know who they are and then they pick one and if they yeah. you know agree to go out i think that's the joke they were trying to play somewhere in there Yes. So he offers Lord Farquaad three options. Cinderella, who likes hot tubs and sushi. 
Snow White, who lives with seven guys but isn't easy. Very <laughs> adult joke. <laughs> yeah. And Princess Fiona, who we had never heard of before, who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> so Lord Farquaad ends up picking Princess Fiona. And while he's trying to figure out who he can send to rescue her from the tower, he completely ignores the magic mirror when he tries to tell him more about what happens to her at night. Yep. I think this may have been the first time I picked up on that, that somebody was actually trying to warn him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. So, yeah, Lord Farquaad decides he's going to throw a tournament. His cowardice is just at <laughs> Next a level. new height for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I can't stand him. So as we move on, Shrek and Donkey actually arrive at Duloc, which is the town or kingdom, I guess, that Lord Farquaad rules over. It's a huge castle, so huge that Shrek thinks that Lord Farquaad is compensating for something. <laughs> but Donkey doesn't get the joke. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I was no. Donkey as a kid. I didn't get that joke either. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. So I will say that this movie does a great job of having jokes in spoken and written form. Like there are tons of little like things that you only see visually that are jokes Mm -hmm. that I think I'm getting more now that I'm as an adult and I'm a quicker reader. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when they arrive, Duloc actually is kind of a theme park, like an amusement Mm -hmm. park. And in the parking lot, there's a little sign that says you're parked in the landslide or like landslide. Uh. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's cute. That's really cute. So there are tons of like little written quips like that. And I'll bring up at least one more later on. But like I said, Duloc is like a little theme park, which is actually really interesting. It seems like it only exists for Lord Farquaad's vanity. Yeah. (laughs) like the gift shop has full of little figures that look like him but when they go inside it's dead inside of the theme park so they go to a little information station and they find this weird animatronic singing machine with these little puppets and they sing the song i have the lyrics here but i did remember them uh, from when i was a child (laughs) as well yes (laughs) welcome to duloc such a perfect town here we have some rules let us lay them down don't make waves stay in line and we'll get along fine duloc is a perfect place please keep off of the grass shine your shoes wipe your face duloc is duloc is duloc is a perfect place now i didn't recognize the importance of this song because it tries to show how lord farquaad wants everything to be perfect Mm -hmm. and how the fairy tale creatures are destroying his view of having like Mm. the perfect kingdom and i feel like they didn't make the connection tight enough for me which really is the only gripe i have with the movie yeah. i feel like they weren't super clear about why he didn't want the fairy tale creatures in Duloc. Mm-hmm. yeah the other thing about this that i didn't realize that i learned from the trivia is that this song was played to the same like tune as it's a small world after all which was supposed to be like a dig against disney and apparently there are a couple more like little like digs that they did towards Disney throughout this film, which I was like, ooh, look at them, DreamWorks go. That's and they had to have like lawyers review it before they released it because they did so many of those. And they're like, we don't want to get sued for this. Oh, that sounds right. This is probably the second film I've reviewed that had like some digs at Disney. Mm-hmm. Space Jam was one of them because <laughs> Disney was supposed to lend some characters to Space Jam. It was supposed to be like a exchange because Looney Tunes lent some characters for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. And so Disney was supposed to return the favor, but they had like a regime change. And they refused to lend any Disney characters to Space Jam. (laughs) So they made like a few little jokes there as well. Yeah. You know, people be hating on Disney. (laughs) 
Sometimes it's warranted. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So a picture gets printed and you get to see the expressions <laughs> on Shrek and Donkey's face while they were watching this weird thing happen. And then they hear a lot of commotion and they follow it to this arena where Lord Farquaad is telling some of the bravest, strongest men in the region that if they win today's tournament, they get the prize of going to rescue a princess from a dragon guarded tower. What kind of prize is that? What a reward. Yeah. The honor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not enough. Ridiculous. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lord Farquaad says, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. (laughs) He's just a total butthole. Like, he lives up to his name, yes. So, he starts the tournament, or gets ready to, when Shrek makes his presence known, and everyone in the audience is like, ugh, like, who is this hideous monster? Do you all think Shrek really is that ugly? I don't think he's ugly, but I think just hit the size of him, like, entering a space is probably a little bit scary, considering like we talked about earlier, how much larger he is than the average person. But I think that their exaggerated like screams and panic are a little excessive. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts is how Lord Farquaad goes like, oh, it's hideous. And then Shrek's like, um, it's just a donkey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, the confidence. I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. It is fantastic. Yes. So Lord Farquaad immediately flips the script on the tournament. And instead of getting the knights to fight each other, he's like, somebody kill this ogre and you'll be the winner. I'm like, imagine showing up somewhere and having knights sicked on you. <laughs> just- out of nowhere (laughs) yeah yes just because you're ugly i mean (laughs) that's crazy so the tournament happens the crowd is all too excited to see this ogre die that's something that like from kind of medieval times like people going to see people literally die i have a hard time watching like boxing matches or like mma the level of violence but Mm -hmm. literally making a spectacle out of people fighting to the death is crazy yeah i wouldn't want to sit through that either yeah. I don't know. Sometimes MMA fights, though, they are so entertaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, wow, these guys literally prepared to, like, come this close to death just to win a title. Like, it's insane the amount of physical and mental pain they put themselves through just for, again, just being a champion, which is it's such a hard concept to grasp. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so brutal. It's bizarre that they used to do this again. It's kind of like MMA is like a reinvented sport for, right. like, these types of, like, battles. Yeah, that's nuts to me. But Bad Reputation plays in the background. Of course, classic song. And this scene is really silly to me. Shrek and Donkey are taking out knights left and right. (laughs) Like, there's beer. He's rolling over them with barrels (laughs) of ale or whatever, mead, whatever is in those barrels. And the crowd is cheering and everything. And there's even a scene with, like, a ring, like a wrestling ring. And it becomes like a little (laughs) wrestling match, which I thought was kind of Mm -hmm. cute. And... Yeah, they basically take out everyone and the crowd is cheering like they're literally cheering for this hideous monster who is, you know, the strongest and has bested even the bravest people in, you know, the bravest knights in the region. And so Lord Farquaad points the archer's arrows at him and like it gets serious real quick. And Lord Farquaad, who is standing on a chair, hilarious. I don't want to be offensive with this. Do you think Lord Farquaad is doing something similar to who was that? One of the Roosevelts that had polio and they kind of hit it. Do you know what I'm talking about? The president who had polio and was like wheelchair bound, but nobody knew. I think it would be impossible for people to not know how short he truly is, like living in town. So I, 
I mean, it's... But, like, I do think he does try to hide it, though, because, like... Mm-hmm. And this is a scene that comes, like, way later on when he's riding a horse and he has, like, legs all the way down <laughs> it and then they just pick him up. <laughs> so they yes. might try to give off that image that he is, like, this, I guess, taller human being. But, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, we don't really see him interacting with, like, the villagers too the people, much. Right, so. but then towards the end, not to jump ahead too far, but when they're in the, the chapel... The, the wedding. You know, at the wedding. Yeah, he doesn't have you know, his, like. He's in front of everybody, and I don't think he's standing on anything. I think he's yeah, no, on the ground. So, so he's inconsistent with the lies he's trying to uphold. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. But Lord Farquaad declares that Shrek is the champion in a weird twist of events, and that Shrek gets to rescue Princess Fiona from the tower. And Shrek is like, I'm not here for that. I just want my swamp back where you dumped all those fairy tale creatures. So they make a deal. So that Shrek will rescue the princess and the squatters will be removed from the swamp. So Shrek agrees. And now he and Donkey are on another adventure together. So that's kind of (laughs) nice. For Um, Donkey. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So now comes like a little part in the story where we learn about there being more to ogres than what everyone thinks there is. Shrek and Donkey are talking as they are headed to the castle and Donkey just does not understand why Shrek won't just kill Lord Farquaad and take his swamp back that way because that's what ogres do, right? Like that's the perception of what an ogre is. And so Shrek starts to compare himself to an onion, not because they stink or they make you cry like Donkey thought, (laughs) but because they have layers and you just have to peel back to see what's underneath. Donkey still doesn't get it. Um, (laughs) He's like, cakes have layers, parfaits have layers, everybody loves those things like why wouldn't you be a cake instead of an onion but you all i actually had never heard of a parfait before i saw this movie i don't know what was going on in my life that i just wasn't around parfaits i can't remember if it was the movie that brought parfaits into my life first or if it was the mcdonald's parfaits that (laughs) 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 that really did it for me because my mom would always get one she'd get the salad and she'd get a parfait and so that was I know that definitely after the movie, I would make a joke every single time my mom would get a parfait, but I don't know which one came first. Yeah, I don't think I've, I don't know. I'm lactose intolerant. I probably shouldn't have parfait. No. <laughs> <laughs> but onions for Shrek is the most accurate thing. And then we get to see this quick montage of their journey set to the song I'm On My Way by the Proclaimers. I used to sing this song all the time. I used to just be walking around, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> just uh, these songs are kind of like the soundtrack to yes. my childhood. Can I ask how old you all were when Shrek came out? 2009? Uh, Six. Okay, yeah, I was 10, so we were all mm-hmm. quite impressionable. <laughs> yeah, quite impressionable <laughs> at that age. <laughs> So yeah, the little montage has uh, shows that they have like a really long journey across different types of terrain and that it takes multiple days. So finally, they arrive to the castle and they have to climb up this volcano where the castle is kind of in the middle of this huge pool of lava. Donkey, rightfully so, is mm-hmm. afraid, but Shrek is kind of making light of it. Shrek isn't afraid at all, which he has thick skin. I feel skin. like it's kind yeah, of he's cool. he's just got thick skin, you know, he's not afraid of yeah. anything, really. Yeah, like not a mob of angry men with pitchforks and torches, like yeah, a whole arena full mm-hmm. of knights. Yeah, if yeah. he was if he was in the Harry Potter world, he would definitely be cast as a Gryffindor because he's so brave. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes, I can definitely see that. Yes. But yeah, the only thing I can think of, so obviously Donkey was afraid of heights and they had this rickety bridge they had to go over over Mm -hmm. this boiling lava and Donkey was freaking out. And then, yeah, Shrek was kind of just like playing on like, Oh, this scares you. And he's like rocking the bridge. That just reminds me of like when I was a little kid and I would go like on a Ferris wheel or something like, you know, at either amusement park or carnival. And like my dad would go on there with me and I'd be freaking out. He's like, what? Doing this? Does this scare you? I was like, oh my God. So Shrek was just making dad moves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically. So, yes, like you said, he has to encourage Donkey (laughs) across Mm -hmm. the bridge through scaring him. His approach is Mm non-conventional, but it does get the job done. And then another line that I really remember, that'll do Donkey. That'll do. Yes. Yeah. So I also want to say that it's interesting I feel like this is the first time that we see Shrek embrace what it means to be a friend to someone. Like he literally helped Donkey get over his fear Mm -hmm. in that moment. So they're actually becoming like friends. So yeah, this castle is in ruins. It's in shambles. <laughs> there are signs that hundreds of knights have unsuccessfully attempted this mission. There's scorch marks everywhere. There's pillars that are, there's stone everywhere. It's just crazy. It's, you can tell like some stuff went down here. So Donkey's freaking out still. Because there's a dragon here. And Shrek asked him to go find the stairs while he puts on some armor that's just kind of hanging around. It's hard to believe that any knight would have a helmet big enough yeah. to be But <laughs> he finds one. My biggest question in this scene that I never really thought about as a kid was, how did Fiona get up in that castle? And also, how long was she actually up there before Shrek and Donkey got there? Right. Like, how did she go to the bathroom? There's nothing in there. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about that. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm under the impression that she has been there since maybe childhood. (laughs) And that, I don't know how she (laughs) ate though. (laughs) Maybe she had a bathroom off to the, but they didn't really have bathrooms like that back in these Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. I don't know. Some questions are better (laughs) with them. Yeah, that's, it's a little too much. I don't think we'd like to know that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't think we actually like the answer to that question, but Donkey ends up finding the dragon or the dragon finds him and a chase scene ensues. So Shrek rescues Donkey from being burnt to a crisp and he actually gets thrown through the roof of the highest room in the tallest tower, which is fortuitous, by the dragon's tail. And he didn't need the stairs at all. So Donkey is distracting the dragon and he gets cornered. And then he does what he does best and he starts complimenting the dragon. And then he finds out that it's a girl dragon and uses his smooth talk to avoid being killed. So I wanted to ask, when you all see a dragon, do you all automatically assign a male gender to it? I feel like I was actually a little surprised that it was a female dragon as well. Yeah, Yeah. I probably have always assumed it was a guy, you know, in every dragon Mm -hmm, situation. Seriously. Yeah, like, again, all the dragons in Harry Potter assumed they were boys. (laughs) I don't know if it's just like the, you know, how they're just brutal or something and that's why I automatically (laughs) associate them with men or what but yeah yeah I had to check my bias (laughs) (laughs) personally so yeah I thought it was interesting that it was a girl dragon as well so we're back in the highest room in the tallest tower and Fiona sees Shrek in his armor and prepares for him to kiss her but instead he shakes the mess out of her he's like wake up let's go (laughs) 
I thought that was hilarious. She has this very lofty language. She's like talking in poems and he's like, we need to get out of here. Like, come on. He's literally dragging her down the stairs and she isn't happy that he isn't doing any of the like princely or knightly mm-hmm. things that she envisioned while she, when she was rescued. Shrek is like, yeah, you had a lot of time to think about this. And she's like, yeah, I've been waiting to be rescued. I have a picture of what this looks like. And it's just not going that way. She gives him a handkerchief and he uses it to wipe his nasty face, which I thought was funny. And then Fiona is surprised to hear that the dragon is still alive. And while they're talking, I spotted another clever written joke. I kind of paused it to take notes and saw that there was a large cookbook next to this really big cauldron with a recipe for a meal called Nightly Treats. The ingredients include one night deboned some salt and pepper and four gallons of Tabasco, which <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yes. she was uh, eating. We now know that she was definitely eating something. <laughs> I think that was the dragon. I think it was the dragon's cookbook in Cauldron and she was making up huh. nightly treats. And on the second page of the cookbook, there's a diagram. So you know how you see the diagrams of like a cow and all of the different mm-hmm. parts of the cow and where like the Chuck Rose comes from or whatever. A similar diagram for a knight's. Like, it's a, like, choice oh, cuts God. of knights. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's so fun. It's like the little details like that that you don't even yes. notice. It's just like, oh my God, they put in so much effort into this. And it's just like, it gives it, you know, greater appreciation for stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. Absolutely. I thought that was really funny. So they're trying to leave. And Princess Fiona is like, what are you doing? And Shrek is like, well, I have to save my ass, which <laughs> yeah. is donkey. Which, you know, which, another iconic line. Funny. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which can be taken multiple ways mm-hmm. of him like, oh, I have to save mm-hmm. my own ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is another point where I'm like, okay, this is really nice. Like, yes, donkey is annoying, but he is my friend and I have to save him from you know, this dragon. So Shrek ends up finding Donkey talking to the dragon who is low-key sexually assaulting yeah. Donkey. I don't, like, yeah. yeah, and he's pointing yeah, it out like, too. Like, he's just like, whoa, don't be doing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, what other line that I didn't mention before that I really enjoyed as a child when she blew that little smoke ring that was heart-shaped and he was like, uh, I'm asthmatic. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is gonna work if you're gonna be blowing smoke rings. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But this scene is probably one of the only ones that I'm like, this doesn't mm-hmm. feel good to me. Like, she's much bigger than him. She definitely has the power. And he's just like, eh, I don't want this. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes you feel kind of interesting, yeah. you know, or different about, like, their whole future together. Because they, you know, mm-hmm. not to spoil anything, but become a an item later. Yes. So, yeah, just makes you wonder. Yes. Also, the room they were in was full of gold, which we don't address. Nobody takes anything and puts it in a pocket or nothing. (laughs) I don't know. But anyways, Shrek ends up rescuing Donkey. He's able to get like a chandelier around the dragon's neck. And unfortunately, the dragon kind of kisses his butt instead of Donkey. And of course, the dragon is mad. I mean, it's over, but gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, and she is pissed off. And so Shrek grabs Donkey and Princess Fiona and he makes a break for it. He gets the dragon to kind of exhaust the leeway that's on the chain that's attached to the chandelier. And then they run in slow motion towards the exit for like no reason. 
And then, yeah, the dragon breathes fire right as they were crossing the bridge and it destroys the bridge and they're able to still hold on kind of like a ladder. But the dragon can't catch them because the chain gets caught and she doesn't have any more like slack on the chain. And the dragon actually looks so sad as they're... Ugh, I remember feeling bad for her when I was six years old and I still felt bad for her to this day. I was like, oh, she's so lonely and now she's trapped there. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad. Like, can you imagine your job just being like killing <laughs> people by yourself? And like, uh, yes, lonely. Yeah, just yeah, being lonely. It's a little interesting to me that it doesn't come across as if Princess Fiona and the dragon had a relationship. Yeah, I figured that since they're the only two there, that they would have some type of bond. Yeah, I don't think they did. I think it was definitely a big, like, a hard separation between the two of them. Which, yeah. I would have befriended the dragon if I was stuck up there that whole time mm-hmm. with nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a tactic right. to try to get out, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah. Also, I think I would have I kind of understand why she wouldn't form a bond because she knows that the dragon has True. to die. Like True. <laughs> True. So <laughs> don't want to get too yeah. attached. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically. Yes. That's an interesting element of the story that was not explored. So they all get away eventually. Shrek, Fiona, and Donkey climb up the bridge and escape. And this scene kind of demonstrates Shrek's non-conventional nature. He's not like other knights. His steed is a talking donkey. He didn't bring any materials or weapons, like nothing. He just showed up. He didn't do any of the kind of fanfare like a knight would. He didn't slay the dragon. He just isn't what anyone expected, but he still got the job done. So we see these kind of redeeming qualities. So to me, this is like a story about realizing that sometimes life just won't be the way that we imagine yeah. and that we can't really judge a book by its cover. I would say that's probably like the most important lesson in this movie. Yeah. Which is another reason what makes this movie so gold is like, not only is it funny, not only is it charming, like it actually has valuable life lessons that you should be teaching young people instead of about, you know, like vanity and a lot of other things that like prince and princess movies are about. Right. Yes, absolutely. So they're outside the volcano and Fiona is happy to be outside of this castle. I feel like they didn't really play up that enough Mm. she was really focused on like her night and true love's first kiss and i didn't really get to see how happy she was to not be in this freaking castle anymore like they could have done more with yeah this part is interesting to me because shrek is wearing a knight's helmet but he's still big as hell and still green (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know if he's like supposed to be covered in so much soot that she couldn't really see like his skin color or whatever Mm -hmm. she's still thinking shrek is like a human knight yeah (laughs) anyways so she insists that shrek removes his helmet he doesn't want to but she's like i'm ready for true love's first kiss and shrek and donkey are caught off guard they like laugh at her and Donkey's literally like, oh, you think Shrek is your true love? <laughs> <laughs> and she tells the tale quickly about how true love's first kiss is what she's supposed to receive from the person who rescues her. And Shrek eventually takes off the helmet to reveal that he is an ogre. And she is shocked and disappointed. Fiona learns that her cowardly true love Lord Farquaad sent Shrek to do the hard work of rescuing her. And that he's going to take her back to Duloc. She says, I'm not going with you. And he puts her over his shoulder and takes her against her will. Another iffy scene. Yeah. A little iffy. <laughs> by today's standard. And they head back to Duloc. When Fiona asks questions about Lord Farquaad and what he's like, they make some really kind of coded short jokes, mm-hmm. which <laughs> are really interesting. 
And Fiona is actually surprised that the trip is going to take longer than a day because the sun is going down and she insists that they stop to make camp now. And so they find a little cave and Fiona gets in. She makes a little door and Shrek jokes about rolling a stone in front of <laughs> the door. And that was very funny. <laughs> about trapping that was her so funny. and letting mm-hmm. her die. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't so much about that. It was really the donkey being like, Shrek, what are you doing? <laughs> And he's like, oh, it's just a joke. <laughs> that was so funny to me. I'm, I've laughed out loud. So they set up camp and it's nighttime and Shrek and Donkey are talking about the legendary ogres in the stars, whatever that means. And Shrek is really warming up to Donkey. He's rescued him a few times. He's having good conversations with him. It's actually nice to see the bond that they're creating. And so he talks a lot. Like they mention a lot in the story, like things are more than they appear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everything isn't so surface level. And then I feel like I spoke too soon because when Donkey was like, oh, well, what are we going to do when we get back to our swamp? <laughs> and... Shrek is like, our, there is no Mm -hmm. we. Like, there's me and my swamp. And it's like, just because Shrek is being kind and just kind of warming up to Donkey doesn't mean he doesn't want his old life back. Like, he still sees himself as this solitary kind of isolated creature. And that's the way he liked his life. And Donkey's pretty hurt by this. Like, when Shrek says, I'm going to build a wall around my land, you know, to keep people out. Donkey is like low-key hurt. And to be fair, even though Shrek is like carrying a lot of the load, Donkey has been helpful to Shrek. Donkey distracted the dragon. Donkey also knocked some of the knights out at the tournament. Like they are a team. Right. So I felt really hurt for Donkey. But you don't just like invite yourself to live in somebody else's place though. You know, that's that's, that's kind true. of where I see it. But it's Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not self-aware. Yes. I hear that. So Shrek says he's trying to keep everyone out and Fiona is kind of watching them. We get the first glimpses of her to see that she's, oh, she doesn't kind of look the same. Like what's going on with her? And Shrek talks about how people reject him and judge him before they know him and that he's better off alone. And Donkey says, you know, I disagree or whatever. But Fiona gets to see a different side of Shrek. And so the next day, oh no, the same night we see Lord Farquaad in this really weird scene that is a little more adult than I remember. He's at the castle with like a mama bear bearskin rug (laughs) fantasizing about his bride-to-be. He's like making the magic mirror show him pictures of Fiona and he's like drinking maybe a martini or something and he has a zebra parent bedspread and it looks like he's getting his rocks off by looking at this picture. (laughs) And I'm I was like, gross, ill. <laughs> he has like a hairy little chest. He just, mm-mm, gross. Yeah, they definitely paint him as like a, I mean, he is such a good villain though. Like he is set up for you to hate him and like just think he is just this nasty, evil king to be. And so, and his haircut yes. is just, uh, you know, it's this icing on top yeah. that just makes him even more yes. hateable. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's awful. But it's the next morning. Fiona gets up and she has a singing contest with the bird. She wins. (laughs) And the bird explodes. And she takes its eggs and makes breakfast. I didn't feel good about that. And I was like, is this... Was that her intention? It wasn't her intention until she killed the parent bird. So, you know, at that point who's going to raise the eggs once they hatch might as well just take them. Yeah. That was always my least favorite scene in the movie (laughs) because it felt bad for the bird. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, it didn't stop me from going around the house going, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I was definitely doing that all the freaking time. But Donkey is having like a little nasty dream, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. But the princess wants to do a nice gesture and is being super positive, presumably because she got to like hear a different side of Shrek from the night before. So they continue on their journey and Shrek and Fiona seem to have more in common than they think. They're both really gassy and Donkey's like, she's as nasty as you are, which apparently is a line that was improvised. But suddenly the princess ends up being kidnapped by a very French Robin Hood who thinks that the princess is being held captive by the ogre, despite not being bound or (laughs) anything that would suggest that she's actually being held captive. He introduces himself with a song and dance number with his merry men. And I steal from the rich and give to the needy. Takes a wee percentage, but I'm not greedy. (laughs) (laughs) And they do this whole song and dance number. I love this as a child. Mm -hmm. But Fiona, who is really annoyed by the song and dance number, actually knocks Robin Hood out as she like swings from a vine or something. I (laughs) I don't know what she used, but she knocks him out. And yeah, she just thought it was really annoying. When an archer shoots an arrow at her and ricochets and that comes back later but fiona proceeds to kick the butts of all of the men there's like Mm -hmm. seven or eight of them she's doing like martial arts style fighting they do this matrix style shot which we all love of course and shrek and donkey are amazed by her fighting skills turns out she taught herself while she was up in that tower i don't know if i would make use of my time being stuck in a tower for years yeah i don't know i mean how does she get the source material for that kind of fighting <laughs> to learn it by herself up in the tower i don't know but she did a pretty good job yeah she absolutely did yes so yeah the arrow that ricocheted is in shrek's butt and donkey's freaking out So Fiona sends a colorblind donkey into the forest to find a blue (laughs) flower with red thorns, which I thought was really funny. And then when Donkey returns with the correct flower, Fiona and Shrek were kind of talking or whatever. She's trying to get the arrow out of him. And he returns to find Fiona on top of Shrek. It's innocent. It was an accident. But it is their first kind of like tender moment Mm -hmm. and donkey's like "Mm, if you wanted to be alone all you had to do was ask but fiona removes the arrow from shrek and donkey faints from the sight of the non-existent blood there was (laughs) no blood on that (laughs) no blood on that arrow so we start to see like some romantic feelings between shrek and fiona which is cute so we have our next montage they're on their way back to duloc and it's set to a song called my beloved monster by the eels another cute little song they have little moments happening between shrek and fiona he lowers a tree over a stream so that she can get across and he completely ignores that donkey hasn't crossed yet and he gets flung (laughs) backwards they eat spiderweb cotton candy with flies in it and she licks her fingers which is gross I live in the Pacific Northwest and we have something here called spider season. Oh. Where like when the weather gets good, spiders are every freaking weird and I hate them. <laughs> them eating spider webs is horrifying. I always thought the spider webs uh, looked like they taste good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something you can t- test for yourself. Like, <laughs> Yes. Also, they make real balloon animals that magically float. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And they do some playful butt bumping. I actually felt bad for those animals that floated away. Like, I know. Yeah. Those. Yeah. But it's just showing they're getting closer or whatever. And they finally arrive where they can see Duloc. 
and Fiona isn't ready to part ways. She's having a good time. So she comes up with some excuses to spend one more night with her two rescuers. So they sit down, they set up camp, they eat rotisserie style weed rat. And Fiona is loving that shit. Like Fiona is like, (laughs) this is so good. (laughs) It's probably better than whatever she was eating up in the tower. You know, that's true. Yeah. She's like, this is good. And Fiona is like a little sad that she's going to have really fancy dinners at the castle. She's like, uh, it's going to be, you know, professionally cooked. It's not going to have that same weed rat taste, you know. (laughs) So Shrek is like, well, you can always come over and I'll invite you over for some weed rat stew and, you know, nasty ogre food. And she's like, yeah, I'd really like that. And so a nice romantic song by Jason Wade called You Belong to Me is playing in the background, kind of setting the mood. And Shrek tries to build up the nerve to make a move. And they're really close to kissing when Donkey pops up and talks about the romantic sunset. And so Fiona realizes uh, it's about to be nighttime. So she's like, uh, I gotta go. Nearby, there's some type of weird like storage building. I actually don't know what the purpose of this building is, but she uses it to sleep that night under the cover that she's afraid of the dark. So Donkey talks to Shrek about, you know, Shrek and Fiona liking each other. And Shrek is denying his feelings. He's, you know, doesn't like to get close to people. He doesn't see any qualities in himself that other people would really like based on, you know, the stigma about what it means to be an ogre. And Princess Fiona is a princess and she's beautiful. And like, why would she like me? So yeah, they're star-crossed lovers or something. It's later that night. Donkey goes into the building where the princess is looking for her and Princess Fiona falls through the rickety floorboards and Princess Fiona has transformed into a lady ogre and Donkey starts freaking out because he doesn't know who this person is even though she's dressed like (laughs) Princess Fiona and he's like you ate the princess (laughs) which is one of my favorite parts but I was like this dress is the best stretch material (laughs) yeah It's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Like yes. it fits no matter what body type. <laughs> yes. Yes. I guess that's part of the spell. Like, I'm so glad that they didn't do like one of those Hulk smash yeah. situations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, that stretch material was fantastic. But Donkey learns her secret and immediately blames Shrek's rotisserie. <laughs> it's, it's like, I told Shrek, you are what you eat, you know? <laughs> and she's like, no, like when the sun goes down, I become an ogre due to a spell that was cast on me as a child. So she says the spell aloud, by night one way, by day another, this shall be the norm until you find true love's first kiss and take love's true form. So she had a spell put on her. Do we ever get the backstory about why? I think we do in in the sequel in Shrek 2. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll have to explore that because I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. But Fiona's really nervous. She's like, Lord Farquaad has to marry me before the sun sets and I turn back into an ogre. So the timeline is like really tight. Donkey is hilarious. He's like, you're only ugly at night. Shrek is ugly 24-7. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be comforting. But she has more thoughts about like this, you know, how I look in the daytime is how a princess is supposed to look. And so Donkey is like, you and Shrek actually have a lot in common. And maybe you don't even need Lord Farquaad. Maybe you can have a happy life with Shrek. 
And so right when the conversation kind of switches to being about Shrek, Shrek pulls up with a sunflower in his hand and he's giving himself a pep talk before he really tries to make a move on Princess Fiona. But unfortunately, he hears a part of the conversation that he takes out of context and he assumes that Donkey and Fiona are talking about how Shrek is a hideous and ugly beast that no one could ever really love when she's actually talking about the ogre mm-hmm. version of herself. So Shrek's feelings get hurt and he leaves upset dropping the sunflower on the ground and donkey urges her to tell shrek but she swears him to secrecy and donkey is like what's the point of being able to talk if you got to keep secrets <laughs> true i definitely hear that yes as a child were you surprised by this by this twist that she actually would turn into an ogre at night i can't remember if that was a surprise to me as a child because i've seen it so many times at this point that it's it's just part mm-hmm. of the story so i think it was more surprising to me that she would want to choose that life over being a human if that were you know the case mm-hmm. yeah well it's morning time and fiona uses flower petals to decide her future which where did that even come from i don't know the picking the petals i don't know it's i think I it's just know. like an older thing that people used to do it's always like he loves me he loves me not he loves me he loves me not i yeah. don't know yeah yeah and then when did you get the answer you didn't want and you just pick up another flower well yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, very strange. But she uses the, the flower petals and decides to tell Shrek, but she can't find him. And she turns back, transforms back into her human form right as Shrek comes up. So she gets ready to tell him the truth about her, but he does not want to hear it. The wires and miscommunication that oh happens is kind of like frustrating (laughs) it's very frustrating and it's masterful i don't know that i could write a script that highlighted this type of miscommunication (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's some miscommunication and it comes across like shrek is only interested in fiona in her human form and not the ogre form and he hurts fiona's feelings so lord farquaad pulls up he gives Shrek the deed to his swamp as he wanted and Lord Farquaad introduces himself and he's on the horse that has the armored legs that make him appear taller than he is, which is very funny. And they say some kind of rude things about Shrek a little bit. Like, oh, it's not like he has feelings. Mm-hmm. And Fiona is like, yeah, <laughs> which is so rude. And Lord Farquaad proposes marriage to her and she accepts. So she even moves up the timeline to today for them to get married. And this really hurts Shrek's feelings and he walks away. And Donkey approaches Shrek and he's like, you're letting her get away. Like, there's something you don't know about her. You all need to talk. And Shrek is like, you all are friends. I heard you all talking about me behind my back last night. You go home with her. I live alone. It's my swamp. Nobody else. And he hurts Donkey's feelings. He calls him useless and pathetic. Like, he does the best he can to push him away. It's actually pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then cue in the most appropriate song to play next, Hallelujah, which just... It just feeds into the sadness of everything that you're experiencing in that moment because everybody, it's like, again, one of those montages where, like, everybody's just hating their lives because they're all apart. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, the hallelujah is the perfect soundtrack to really kind of embody the emotions you're feeling in, during that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This version of Hallelujah, I don't even know the original anymore because so many people have yeah. covered mm-hmm. it. But this particular version of Hallelujah is by Rufus Rain White. And just the sadness in his voice and the way he sings the song and how it's like only piano, like you said, really embodies the sadness of this moment. So in this montage, 
we see the sadness in Shrek who has kind of learned to like the idea of not being alone. And now that he's alone again, it's not what he remembered. Mm -hmm. And then we see a sad donkey who reconnects with a dejected dragon. That part confused me the most because I was like, okay, she couldn't escape in the moment, but now all of a sudden she's in town? Like, what? She has no reason to be guarding the tower anymore, so I guess, you know, she can be free to mope by the swamp because yeah. that's where everybody ends up anyways. Right. She's retired now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they reconnect and unenthusiastic and kind of heartbroken Fiona gets ready for her wedding. One of the lines in Hallelujah says, I used to live alone before I knew you. And I was like, oh, they caught me in the fields. But we, we mm-hmm. also see a very happy Lord Farquaad who is ready to be a king with his new beautiful bride. And Fiona pushes down his... <laughs> his little groom statue into the cave <laughs> because of how short he is which i thought was still like a little light humor but the scene overall is really sad so next up we're back at the swamp and outside of shrek's swamp donkey is claiming his half of the swamp for helping to rescue the princess do you all think donkey has like a legit claim no <laughs> i don't think he has a legit claim to the swamp but i mean i think he could live like or at least Shrek's property. I think he could live like adjacent to Shrek's property and have it be okay. But the fact that he was taking land out of what Shrek already owned seemed a little off. I don't know. <laughs> Part of me is like, Donkey did help. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It was like the only thing that was kind of like iffy to me is like the Shrek owned the swamp before. And so, like, technically, I feel like he had the mm-hmm. original deed, but then Donkey did play a part in getting the deed back. So it's like, I don't know, it's this weird, like, I'm not a lawyer, but no, I would that- need to be a lawyer on that case because <laughs> yeah. it's too complex. Yeah. I mean, is that enough to just give him partial property rights? I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Well, this is a really interesting line of thought. I'm just <laughs> But Donkey ends up confronting Shrek about being mean and selfish and pushing him away. And he's like, friends forgive each other. Like, that's why I'm back here. And Shrek, I think, was thinking, like, if I'm mean enough to you, you won't come back. But Mm -hmm. obviously it didn't work, especially not with Donkey. But Shrek basically feels betrayed. And he's like, you all were talking about me behind my back and calling me terrible names. And Donkey is like, "Uh, you misunderstood. Fiona is really into you. She might even love you. And Shrek is like, she called me ugly and hideous. And Donkey's like, oh, she's talking about somebody else. (laughs) Donkey successfully keeps this secret somehow. I feel like Donkey comes across as a person who is not able to keep a secret, but Mm -hmm. he kept it. And Shrek, of course, is curious about who she was talking about, but he legitimately apologizes and asks for forgiveness from Donkey. And Donkey, of course, forgives him right away. And they declare each other friends, like legit, like we're actually friends this time. So they're like, we need to go. Like, we need to go to the wedding. We're never going to make it in time. And then enter the dragon. The dragon's going to take them to the wedding, which is making an entrance. Okay. Like, there's no better way to show up to a wedding than on a dragon. So Mm -hmm. that dragon is actually being mad forgiving to Shrek. For real. Yeah. I was like. I think she's only doing it for Donkey. Probably. But she was like mad forgiving. But to be honest, Shrek could have killed her. That was his job, kind of. True. Mm -hmm. So maybe she's just grateful to be alive. I don't know. (laughs) So 
This is the climax of the film. We're at the wedding. The guests who are at the wedding actually have cue cards, which is hilarious to me, which basically shows that Lord Farquaad actually doesn't have people who like him. Like he doesn't actually have people who he would invite to a wedding or who would show up for him. So these people are kind of like a captive audience. They might actually be captive. <laughs> but Fiona is rushing the wedding, trying to get the officiant to move things along. When the dragon pulls up and she goes to chase knights while Shrek and Donkey, you know, try to interrupt this wedding. And then Donkey's like, okay, if I need you, I'll whistle to the dragon. So Donkey proceeds to tell Shrek that he needs to object to the wedding in the right way and that he needs to try a little tenderness. Just any excuse to sing. <laughs> so they miss the cue, of course. And Shrek bursts in to object right before Lord Farquaad and Fiona kiss. And the townsfolk, again, are horrified <laughs> by Shrek's face. Mm -hmm. And Lord Farquaad says a line that is way too funny to me. That line oh my was God. my so favorite funny. line. My favorite line. <laughs> it's rude enough being alive when no one wants you, but showing up uninvited to a wedding, that is hilarious. It's such a rude line, but it's very it's so funny. Rude. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so hilarious. It's like that is the dig of all digs. Yes. Like he got him. <laughs> yes, like why are you existing now? But Shrek yeah. says you can't marry him because he's not your true love. And then Lord Farquaad, this part actually like made me a little sad. He laughs because Shrek fell in love with the princess, and they used the cue cards to mm -hmm. get the whole audience to laugh as well. It's like pretty sad and embarrassing and cruel but the sun goes down and the princess shows shrek her nighttime skin routine <laughs> her nighttime skin transformation and we actually get to see the full kind of magical thing happen where she transforms into her green ogre body that's thick with two c's mm, very thick <laughs> <laughs> yes and Lord Farquaad is disgusted and so is the crowd. He orders the guards to remove the ogres and somehow Lord Farquaad is like, this marriage is binding and I'm the king. And it's like, is it? <laughs> I don't think that's how things work. But Shrek and Fiona try to fight to get to each other even though they're being pulled apart by knights and there's just too many of them. Lord Farquaad actually pulls a knife on Fiona and says that he's going to send her back to the pole, I mean the tower. And Shrek is like, freaking out like this is the love of his life a knife is pulled on her he manages to whistle do any of you all know how to whistle with your two fingers like people do no i cannot it's such a mystery no. to me <laughs> yes i've tried it and i'm like my fingers are wet uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do that, but mm -hmm. he whistles and the dragon shows up and immediately she knows what to do, I guess, because she goes in and immediately eats the shortest person in, <laughs> which happens to be Lord Farquaad. She just must have known what was up. And yeah, that's that. She also eats him right as he's at like the climax of his tirade, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And the crowd is low-key happy that Lord Farquaad is dead, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so Shrek proceeds to tell Fiona that he loves her and she loves him too. And they kiss and she gets ready to take love's true form, which ends up being her ogre form. So there's a lot of kind of magical fanfare. Like there's a light coming from her and it's all of that stuff just for her to look the exact same which I thought was pretty funny, but she's like, I'm supposed to be beautiful. And Shrek is like, you are beautiful. And they of course have that little tender moment. And then the end of the movie happens where they have a swamp wedding, which is yeah. set to Smash Mouth singing, I'm a believer, very great version of this song. And they leave in an onion shaped carriage. The dragon catches the bouquet, interestingly enough. And Donkey 
picks up the song at like the second verse or something. And Eddie Murphy's mm-hmm. singing voice is so funny to me. It's just really funny. He can sing. It's melodic, but it's just his voice. It's like his, mm-hmm. his voice yeah. singing. It's just really funny. But they party at the wedding. They're like getting down to this song. They're doing the Macarena. Like the fairy tale creatures that are the attendees of their wedding are all really happy, having a great time. And they live ugly ever after. And like the fairy tale book we saw at the beginning actually closes and the movie ends. And the credits roll to a song called Stay Home myself which is another song i remember from the movie and that's it that's the end of shrek unless you have the shrek in the swamp karaoke dance party extended ending (laughs) (laughs) which i did and they all like it's pretty much a continuation of the dance party where everybody has their own little like hit song that they sing like the chorus to and it's it's just Mm -hmm. super cute oh wait hold on did shrek sing just the way you are don't go change it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yep. yes. I low-key forgot about that. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Okay. I actually could probably remember it. Okay, hold on. He sings that song. Do you know what song comes next? Nope. Uh, then I think Fiona sings They Made It Through the Wilderness. Okay. I don't know what else. I like Big Butts. Sings. I like Big Butts. That yes. was next. Yep. Oh, oh my Eddie God, Murphy. seriously? That <laughs> 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 Eddie Murphy did that one. Oh, shit. And then someone sings Feelings. Like, that's the next one. Yeah, I think it's Felonious. Yes, Felonious, yes. (laughs) I can't believe I remember that. I'm literally going through Uh, it in my head. The Mondrian Hood sings YMCA. Okay, yes. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And then Lord Farquaad sings Staying Alive in the Belly of the Dragon. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're remembering so much more of this (laughs) part than I am. So what I will say about streaming services is that they don't maintain some of that extra like DVD footage. It's Mm -hmm. really annoying, Mm -hmm. particularly for me when I review Disney stuff. So like me and my sister reviewed Monsters, Inc. And I remember loving the blooper reel for Monsters, Inc. But it's not in the like Disney Plus version. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, mm -hmm. y'all should try to like keep some of those things in because we were watching these things on DVD and it had like the little bonus scenes, that type Mm -hmm. of stuff. So, but yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I low-key forgot about it. Yes, for Mm -hmm. sure, for sure. Also, it's really weird that cartoons have bloopers because people had to show that stuff. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they had to spend so much time. Yes. Creating the blooper. (laughs) Yes. That's crazy to me. But yeah. That's the end of the first Shrek movie. At the end of every episode, we ask two questions. Is it worth a rewatch? And does it hold up today? Jesse, you can go first. What do you think? Thousand percent worth a rewatch. I love this movie. Would watch it time and time again. And I think it still holds up today. I think today it still embodies like all the greatness a good movie should have. And it has, I don't think there's too many problematic scenes. Like there's a couple like that are a little like iffy, but definitely not compared to, you know, some of the, like, for instance, those scenes that we saw in the Nick Cage film that were super racist or sexist or, you know, like that that kind of thing. So I think that it holds up today and hopefully it's still a core part of like, you know, the new generation's like childhood Mm -hmm. because it should be. I would have to agree wholeheartedly. I think that definitely worth a rewatch. The movie is so clever and you don't realize it necessarily when you're younger, but like all of the fairy tale creatures, you know, they're not all super innocent all the time and they're all really cleverly like mixed in with the movie. 
and they are still like in later iterations of Shrek, the, the sequels. So I do definitely think it's worth three watch. And I also think it still holds up like the jokes still land. Mm-hmm. They're still funny. They're not timely. You know, they don't reference current events so they can they can really stand for for any situation throughout time. And it's just like overall a great story. Yeah, I completely agree with both of you. I feel like Shrek for sure holds up and I rewatch it probably once or twice a year, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, it's a unique twist on, you know, a fairy tale story. It's body inclusive. So Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) kind of cool. It has a great message about getting to know people before judging them and not playing into stereotypes. And there's tons of funny moments, including spoken jokes and also the little like written easter eggs and it still is really good for children and adults at the same time so mm-hmm. if you have a young child like please expose them to shrek it's like mm-hmm. a really good <laughs> you know a really good and fun movie eddie murphy is brilliant in this movie again his star mm-hmm. shines the brightest for me in this and i can't really think of any jokes that really aged poorly mm-hmm. i feel like there are a couple of questionable parts with the dragon being kind of freaky with donkey against his will and you know shrek dragging fiona uh (laughs) against her will off to duloc but those really are kind of the only two scenes that come across a little questionable it may not play as well currently Mm -hmm. but yeah for the most part it's just a wonderful story like we get two love stories actually that Mm -hmm. kind of happen if you include donkey and the dragon we get a happy ending and we get to enjoy all of the fairy tale characters that we know and love from our childhoods as well and like i said earlier the only thing that kind of didn't translate to me was the idea of why Lord Farquaad was expelling all of the fairy tale creatures in the first place. I feel like they could have done a little bit better job of making it clear. Mm -hmm. But besides that, the movie is fantastic. It laid a great foundation for the franchise. And in my opinion, Shrek 2 is far superior. Like this movie is great. Yeah. Shrek 2 (laughs) is like at a new level. Next level. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, it's Um, not often where you see like the sequels are better than the original, but Shrek somehow manages to do it again 10 times better so this movie just inspired me to want to watch shrek 2 next (laughs) (laughs) yes well it'll be a few months before shrek 2 turns 20 Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know this podcast is like i only review movies that are 20 years old or older and so shrek 2 actually turns 20 may of next year so i was thinking maybe i will invite you all back to review the second movie if you're into it love it i'd be down yes okay great we'll have to watch shrek 2 oh man what a a oh darn (laughs) yeah i have to watch it and talk about it are you kidding yeah (laughs) but yeah overall love the movie even as an adult, and there's more to discover. Like if you have not watched the movie since you were a child, watching it as an adult gives you a new fresh perspective because you get all of those mm-hmm. adult jokes. So definitely encourage you to rewatch it, if, especially if you haven't seen it in a long time. So this is the part where we talk about the ratings for this movie. Jesse and Aaron, uh, you may have looked this up already, but do you know what the critics and the audience rated Shrek on Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't look it I up. I did not look <laughs> I didn't look it up either. So Okay. Well the critics gave it eighty eight percent while the mm. audience gave it ninety percent. I feel like those yeah. ratings are pretty fair for Rotten Tomatoes, but mm-hmm. I might rate yeah. it a little bit higher. What about you? I would probably rate it a little bit higher. I mean, I feel like the audience rating is pretty on point. The critics yeah. I feel like could have rated it higher, but I don't know how they they tend to rate like an animated movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. usually those are geared towards children. But I feel like 
Shrek was pretty universal, so it's a little disappointing that the critics would rate it so poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I would agree with the audience rating more than the critics rating. And I think I'd probably give it like a 92 to 93. Obviously, Shrek 2 is a different story. So we have to leave some room for improvement because (laughs) (laughs) there is. But yeah, I would definitely rate it in the low 90s for sure, because it's just, I don't know. I think it deserves it. Everything, everything hit with this movie. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of you. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening to our review of Shrek here at Submedia Reviews. I want to say a special thanks to Erin and Jesse from the Cage Queens podcast for joining me today. Do either of you have any other final thoughts before we sign off? Sad it's ogre. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Well, thanks again, ladies and listeners. Don't forget to go check out The Cage Queens anywhere you find podcasts. Listeners, let me know what you think about this movie. Does it hold up for you? Did you rewatch it recently? Share your thoughts on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For the next couple episodes, I'll be doing something special. This year, October 13th falls on a Friday. So I'm releasing a special episode where I review the 1980 hit slasher film, Friday the 13th with a super special guest. Also, as a part of our regular programming, next Tuesday, I'm going to be releasing a review of the 1993 movie Hocus Pocus. You don't want to miss it. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices. Peace out.